Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Second Wind Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Second Wind Strength and Conditioning, training children and adults. Omega Elite Investigations, we provide surveillance, corporate investigations, MLM audits, background checks, cyber profiles, personal protection, and personal protection training. And coming soon, Second Wind is going to have an announcement about a new uh, branch of the company. You will not want to miss that. So how's everybody doing today on a Thursday afternoon? A couple days ago, I discussed the private investigations field, as well as child abuse and neglect, the Department of Social Services, and some issues with those particular entities. So I wanna dive back into that. Don't wanna waste any time. Those are important areas that I'm gonna focus a lot of time on. Now, I'll get back into some sports. But right now, let's talk about the private investigations field. You know, it's interesting, I met with an individual yesterday who used to do some work for me probably about three or four years ago. And, you know, when people leave and if they come back, return, seek you out for assistance later on, I think that means you may have been doing something right. Oddly enough, and I mentioned this the other day, You know, you have many individuals in the private investigations field who don't have degrees in criminal justice. I know a PI or a guy who's got his PI license who used to be a radio ad salesman. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Free country, right? You can do what you want to do if you have the means to do it. But that doesn't mean he does it correctly. So when it comes to private investigations and over, you know, the span of 17 years, I've had the opportunity once I started doing quite a bit of business, people would hear my radio ads. They'd hear me on 107.5. Jared and Katie. Shameless plug there. And they would seek me out for a couple of reasons. One reason people would seek me out in order to, hey, how can I get into the private investigations world? What do I need to do? B, people would seek me out. Are you hiring? Do you need anybody? And this became more and more prevalent as the years went on. And I ran across all types of people, former law enforcement. And just because they were law enforcement doesn't mean that they know how to do surveillance. I had one like that and it was, it was a mess. And he didn't last that long with me anyway. So I think over the past 17 years, 
I've done some things right, but being a private investigator is not easy. It's not easy. People have expectations and think that you are Superman or Superwoman. Well, if law enforcement couldn't do it, you can, right? That's not always the case. Different parameters, different policies, different procedures, different laws. But I will tell you one thing. Being a private investigator requires some intestinal fortitude because you're going to get put in spots that you've never been in before. I've been threatened with a variety of weapons. I've been threatened with bodily harm. I've been in some areas that not a lot of people look like me. which can cause some precarious situations. So being a private investigator means you have to be willing to put yourself out there in areas, places, cities, countries that you may stick out like a sore thumb. But at the end of the day, it can be a rewarding profession. But you got to put that work in. I had to put in a ton of work to go from ground zero to the top of my profession. And you know you get to the top of your profession is when you have other individuals who've been in the business longer than yourself calling and asking, hey, what have you been doing? If you need any help, let me know. I used an example the other day where, you know, I'd gone to high school with an individual uh, with their kids, known them since the ninth grade, wouldn't let me even intern. Oh, he came a calling one day. <laughs> he came a calling. How you been doing? I, I hear your radio at. Things sound seem to be going pretty well. You know, in my mind, I'm like, what the F do you want? <laughs> you remember you didn't want to hire me as an intern working for free? Now y'all up in my business? Being a PI means you got to watch your back. You got to watch your back. Because people will come gunning for you. What segment of the population are you doing business with? Huh. Where do you get most of your cases? Probing, probing, probing. And then the next thing you know, trying to take you down. It's a shame, actually. As a SBI agent who works for uh, the Private Protective Services Board once said, when I retire, I'm going to get my PI license because there is more than enough business, private investigations business, to go around. I don't understand why there's all this throat cutting. And he's right. He's right. 
I've had PIs out of Charlotte try to weasel up to me. Hey, maybe we can absorb your company. Work together. But, you know, I would be running things. BS. No, you won't. I've been a PI twice as long as you, buddy. You think I'm going to absorb the company, let you take that and run with it? Nope. Mm Mm-mm. Not one daggum bit. So those are some of the things you got to watch out being a PI, as well as the individuals who are not going to be happy with you if you find out information. I've had the opportunity, luckily, to work for some big conglomerates. I didn't say companies. Big conglomerates. National change. You see them every day. Individuals who are COOs of company, billionaires who are flying into the area. I've had the opportunity to protect them as they walk around certain places doing things, doing big money things, as some people would say. So, you know, I don't just jump at any opportunity to do a case. I need surveillance for three hours. No, I'm good. You got to watch your back as a PI, especially when people know what kind of business you're doing. I think I mentioned the other day, one of the, one of the biggest cases. Now, I've had some crazy cases now. Let me tell you about that one. And you can read about some of those in PI Chronicles 1. Legends of a Black P.I. available on the book patch and Amazon Kindle. Shameless plug. P.I. Chronicles 2 will be out either in December or January 2022. You don't want to miss that one. And one of the stories in that book, Chronicles 2, is going to detail and discuss. Maybe not a ton of detail, but it's going to discuss a multi-level marketing pyramid scheme that I had the opportunity to be inside on firsthand. Happened right here in North Carolina. 850 million dollars worth. One of the largest bases across the country, across the world, excuse me individuals and the guy that got fried you would never even assume I would assume if I saw him just out you know doing anything that he was about to get on his tractor and take off living a happy life chilling oh no he was cooking everybody he was cooking I mean when I first met the guy I walk into the building, his building, even before I walked into the building, lying around the building, people waiting to get in, look like a racetrack, people looking to place the bets. <laughs> walk inside, walk past a room, and my eyeballs, you know the eyeball emoji? That's what my eyeballs looked like when I saw what was in the room, which was dollars, bills, bread. Cheddar cheese stacked almost to the ceiling on another wall. 
checks stacked almost to the ceiling. And the first thing that went through my mind, yeah, you need some protection, buddy. Because people gonna, people going to know, they're going to find out how much money you got up in here. And some people might, you know, they might want to take things. Sat down and talked to this guy. nicest man. Unassuming. Hey, I need protection. We're having these events. I think it was once a month in Louisville at a hotel. Crowds were starting to get bigger and bigger. People wanted to take pictures with him. And the uh, I think she was the CFO, who's another story. She was bougie. So if the, if the head guy was the unassuming, you never would have thought the CFO? Hell no. You'd, you'd have definitely thought she was dripping. And she wanted, she let everybody know it too. So needed protection, I provided protection. Me and my investigator, Mr. Martin, Investigator Martin. And it was something else. This guy, as the gentleman who hired me put it, he's a rock star. What the hell? This dude, hey, he was a star in in the multi-level marketing world or MLM world which I was lucky enough to be able to provide field audits for other companies or audits, auditing their companies in the multi-level marketing world. That's a whole nother world right there, everybody. You talking about money? Woo! Never heard heard of it? Google, MLM, multi-level marketing. Look at some of the bigger companies. You'll know what I'm talking about then. Well, this particular company was in the running to outpace a lot of those big giants, big MLM giants. So when I get people who ask me, what does a private investigator do? Y'all just investigate infidelity. That is not all we do, everybody. It's not. Your bodyguard, stop. This is not a club. Semantics, I I understand. Personal protection specialist. That's what I do. And that was my job. Me and Investigator Martin, personal protection specialist, who I will have on the show one day, everybody. So stay tuned for that one. So being a personal protection specialist for a guy worth whew, half a billion, that'll puck you up a little bit. Them eyeballs got to be moving in every direction. Every. Because somebody want to take his money, he is not putting up a fight. The CEO, he was an old fellow. He ain't putting up a fight with nobody. He's he going to lay down. He'll take it. <laughs> now his wife on the other hand she'll fight you 
which is another story in itself. Once again, it'll be in PI Chronicles too. Anyway, so when people ask me, what does a private investigator do? We do a variety of things. At one point, I, I call myself a problem solver. No need to even discuss. Let your mind race. Yes, I did surveillance. I do surveillance. Background checks. Individuals, companies. Locate missing people. Locate assets. Personal protection. And providing protection for this gentleman. His CFO. That was a job. Not the best protection job I've ever had, but it was up there. But I'm going to tell you one thing. When he put the check in your hands, you just want to throw it up. (laughs) Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. When he put that check in your hands and that, whoo, the check hit the palms. Boy, I tell you what, let's do it again, buddy. I'll be back tomorrow. Don't worry. Nothing's going to keep me from coming out here to protect you with, with this amount of bread in my hands. So being a private investigator can take on many aspects. Many. Workers' comp fraud. Did I tell you about the time? I had to investigate one of the world's strongest men down in Pembroke, Native American, owned his own gym. You know what I'm talking about. Google world's strongest man, Native American. I forget his name. You know who I'm talking about. I had to tread lightly. I didn't want to get my ass beat. And I think I'm a pretty tough fella, but he was ginormous. He was huge, but he was my buddy for the day. But we do a variety of things as a private investigator. Some more of which I will talk about in later episodes. Once again, this podcast is brought to you by Second Wind Strength and Conditioning, training children and adults. Omega Elite Investigations. We provide surveillance, corporate investigations, MLM audits, background checks, cyber profiles, personal protection, personal protection training. Now, here we go, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. The world of child abuse and neglect. I've been a part of this world since I started working in a group home in Elon, North Carolina. Elon Homes for Children. It's not there anymore. Used to have a school, Lakeside Charter School. And I first saw social workers. I was like, huh, I'd like to do that because I want to help kids. These kids at this group home, they got some things going on and they need some help ASAP. And that was in the late 90s. And I've been a part of child abuse, the child abuse neglect world since then. So plus 20 some years. And once again, at the height of that profession, child welfare, that field. 
I was a clinical instructor at the Jordan Institute for Families, Family, uh, Family Center for Research. I used to coordinate with the state in writing manuals, co-writing manuals. And I got a list of them. I'll tell you about them later. Don't worry, because there's some people that are going to be, oh, uh, what's his expertise? Don't worry about it, sweetheart. I got you. I'm going to let you all know. If you listen to the podcast before this, you'll hear my qualifications. So I'm not going to get into those again. But I'm considered an expert in this field. But let me tell you one thing. When I see what the Department of Social Services has been doing for the better part of 20 years, something needs to be done. Well, what do you mean? I mean, something needs to be done. It it really saddens me to see the individuals who come in and out of a Department of Social Services, meaning the employees. Let me tell you a few things I've heard. I'm only working here because I needed a job at the time, but I'm going to get up out of here. Quotes. You remember the first podcast, douchebags? Yes. When I would train individuals across the state of North Carolina how to conduct sexual abuse investigations, the signs to look for, one of the questions again would be, why are you in this profession? I just needed a job. Get your ass out of here. You're going to get somebody hurt. Killed. We talked about title protection before. Why can't social workers be title protected? Would you want somebody knocking on your door? Hey, we got an investigation. But they're an engineer. A physical therapist. Nothing wrong with those professions. But as a social worker conducting child abuse and neglect investigations, that's not what you want. And I'll say this again. I've known some good individuals who have worked in the Department of Social Services who conduct child abuse and neglect investigations that did not, do not have a social work degree. But should they have been put in that situation? Hell no. No. But they do it. And you know why they do it? Because they cheap as hell. The Department of Social Services is cheap. County funds? Nah, we're not, uh, exactly. But what about the state? What about the legislature? Do we not really put much thought into who's going to investigate child abuse and neglect issues?
I mean, it's really sad, everybody. And I can tell you right now without a shadow of a doubt, don't come to my house. Because the first question I'm going to ask you is, are you a social worker, an actual social worker with an actual social work degree? And if you say no, get the hell off my porch. Trying times in the world of child abuse and neglect. And we've got to do something about it. Now. So I just wanted to give you a little snippet. But we'll definitely talk about this again tomorrow, right off the bat, right off the jump, because I'm hot now. You're going to get all the smoke, DSS. Today's podcast was brought to you by Second Wind Strength and Conditioning, training children and adults, Omega Lead Investigations. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Please spread this around. Let everybody know about the Second Wind Podcast.